Welcome to this latest Ask Christians in Sports. Now, the series where you, the listener, involved in competitive elite sport, can get in touch with a question around what it means to be involved in sport, what it means to connect your sport and faith. Any question, uh, you can get in touch with us and send in your questions. Today's question is this. What should I wear to play sport which both enables performance and honours God? Issues around what women should wear for sport have been hotly debated in recent times. And it's important to acknowledge right at the start that this question was sent in by a female runner and that the majority of stories in the press deal with women's clothing. Whilst a man or a woman could legitimately ask this question, we are going to address it from a female perspective, including looking at a Bible passage that specifically addresses women's clothing. The context. Let us cover up. Many women in the world of sport have begun speaking against regulations which require women to wear tight-fitting and or revealing kit. For example, in July 2021, the Norwegian beach handball team were fined after they turned up to a European championship match wearing bicycle shorts rather than the regulation bikini briefs. The rule has now changed, but they are required to wear, quote, tight pants, which are closely fit. Specifications which are notably missing from the rules for men's uniform regulation. In a similar vein, the German gymnastics women's team competed at the Tokyo Olympics wearing ankle-length unitards instead of revealing high-cut leotards. And then a recent podcast from The Game Changers highlighted concerns that being required to wear a kit like this objectifies and sexualizes females. And it's unfair because men don't have the same rigorous rules. Also, it can affect participation in that many girls and women feel self-conscious wearing kit like that, so they choose to drop out instead. Others would say, don't make us cover up. For example, Paralympian Olivia Breen spoke out in Disgust last year after a female official told her that her clothing was inappropriate and too revealing. She said, I recognise that there needs to be regulations and guidelines in relation to competition kit but women should not be made to feel self-conscious about what they're wearing when competing. Some women don't want restrictions on their kit, allowing them to choose what best serves them in performance and confidence. Also, some might feel a pressure to dress in a way that will attract or satisfy sponsors and therefore raise the profile of women's sport. Holly Bradshaw has this as one of her concerns. She said, I think the commercialisation of women in sport is a little bit of an issue. Unfortunately, if you are wearing less on social media, you have more followers. That is more attractive to commercial sponsors and I totally get that the more sponsors, the more reach. But that really is damaging young athletes just trying to get into sport. So we've had let us cover up and don't make us cover up, but actually are these two sides of the same coin? Because whilst these approaches might seem to be coming from opposing viewpoints, Actually, the key motivation which underlies them is the same. Stop policing what women wear and let them have control over their own bodies. Let them wear whatever kit is most comfortable for them so they can perform at the best of their ability. I wonder where is this an issue for you? It's a big debate in the wider world of sport, but what does it look like on the ground? For some sports, it's less of an issue because the kit required for competition wouldn't be considered revealing. 
However, a participant might want to think carefully about what they wear for training. For other sports like gymnastics, athletics or volleyball, this can be more difficult. Some have very little choice about what they can wear for competitions, especially at the elite level, while others might have more freedom, but they might feel a pressure to dress a certain way. This is also unavoidable for young people who might feel uncomfortable and self-conscious in the PE kit that their school regulates for them. So what does the Bible say? What guidance does the Bible give us in this area? The Bible is clear that our bodies are not placed on earth for the pleasure and satisfaction of others. All people, male and female, are created in the image of God and are of infinite value and inestimable worth. Your physical body is precious in God's sight, just as every human body is. For a Christian, though, we do need to remember our bodies are ultimately never our own. We have been created by God for his glory. And as creatures, it makes sense that God has given us guidance about to how to live in the bodies he's given us. And that includes what we wear. And the Bible does give some particular instructions to women regarding dressing with modesty. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 to 10, Paul writes, I also want the women to dress modestly, with decency and propriety, adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds, appropriate for women who profess to worship God. The key thing from these verses is that women should dress modestly, with decency and propriety. We're not to wear things which are deliberately suggestive or seductive. That's the universal principle. What then follows is the cultural application. That's specific to the Ephesian Christians that Paul's writing to at the time. So it's not that Paul is pronouncing an absolute ban on certain hairstyles and jewellery, but rather to be aware of what these things represent in a particular culture. So back in Ephesus, that sort of attire would have identified Christian women with the pervasive idol worship of the times and therefore inappropriate for them to adorn themselves with. John Stott wrote on these verses, What Paul is emphasising is that Christian women should adorn themselves with clothing, hairstyles and jewellery, which in their culture are inexpensive, not extravagant, modest, not vain, and chaste, not suggestive. More of a priority is adorning ourselves with good deeds, appropriate for women who profess to worship God. There are two kinds of beauty, physical and moral, body and character. It is the heart that counts. We are to wear clothes which are fitting for a woman who trusts the Lord above all else and gives herself to him. As one writer said, a woman's faith ought to influence her wardrobe choices as much as it influences the rest of her behaviour. The Bible sets a standard for godly dress that far surpasses adherence to a set of rules. It promotes the type of godliness that flows from the inside out. True godliness. Modesty is primarily a posture of the heart which will be reflected in every area of our life, including our clothing. So what does this look like in sport? The most important factor in this question of what women should wear for sport is, what is my heart's motivation in this matter? Am I seeking to honour God or others or myself? Is my faith influencing what I wear? Here's a couple of thoughts, depending on whether your sport gives you an option around what you wear or not. So if you have a choice about what to wear, you might want to ask the question, does this clothing fit my identity as a child of God? 
whose focus is on godliness rather than physical attractiveness. So this will mean that we don't need to wear clothes to draw attention to our bodies. We want to point people to Christ rather than to ourselves. This also protects us from excessive self-consciousness. We can go out and play without worrying what others think of us. Our identity is secure no matter what others think of how we look in our sports kit. I'd also want to ask the question, does this clothing genuinely enhance sporting performance? Because it is worth asking that question before feeling like we need to wear something to improve our performance. And we can also think about what we're wearing the rest of the time. It might be that certain kit is helpful during competition, but perhaps before and after and during training, you could wear something alternative or something over the top, maybe. What about if I don't have a choice what to wear? Well, if you think the clothing you're required to wear is inappropriate and makes you feel uncomfortable or even unsafe, can you make a stand? Can you say something, perhaps by speaking to your coach or the governing body? You're not alone in this. There is a bigger movement within sport campaigning for the same thing. And as above, could you think about what you could wear outside of competition? So, what should I wear to play sport, which both enables performance and honours God? This can be a tricky area to navigate, and often what we wear is a wisdom call. Let us remember that we are not defined by what we wear, but as deeply loved children of God. We are saved by grace rather than what we do or don't do, or what we wear or don't wear. In response to God's great love for us, it is natural to want to live for him in all we do. And may that be the key motivator in deciding what to wear for sport. Remember, you can email askcis at christiansinsport.org.uk or message us on social media uh, to ask any questions you have about connecting sport and faith and we'll try and get to them uh, on another episode of RCIS. We'd love to hear you. Till next time. Bye. Have you signed up for Game Day? Game Day is our weekly devotional for sports people. You can choose the best day of the week and have a short five-minute devotion sent direct to your inbox to read or listen to. Join hundreds of other sports people fixing their eyes on Jesus through Game Day each week today. Sign up now at christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash game day.